Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Your city, your podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Back to the Bird, presented by the PodHub Network. My guest today grew up in Center, Pennsylvania, where he would become an exceptional baseball player. He played for the Cal U Vulcans and eventually was asked to join the Washington Nationals at spring training in 2011. He would play professionally for several years until an injury sidelined his career. Now he's a college coach as well as a philanthropist, starting his own charity, the SD Project, giving a gift of baseball to at-risk youth athletes. Please welcome my guest, Sam DiMatteo. Sam, what's up, man? How you doing? What's, what's going on? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. So... We're going to start out, I want to know, where did your love for baseball come from? Let's just get right to the point. Okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was uh, definitely just as when I was younger. Um, I think when you can first get into all your sports, t-ball, and yeah, um, I think that's always the first one is like t-ball and soccer, and you yeah. just run around and you don't really know what you're doing, And but um, those are my first two, and, um, and then uh, soccer didn't last long, and then I started playing football the first year you could play. And baseball and football were my two favorites and yeah. basketball mixed in too in there. But um, yeah, but baseball was just one where like I, as soon as I um, started that up, as soon as T-ball was done and you get into like coach pitch and stuff, I was just always a, a good baseball player the whole way through. That was always just my um, football too, but baseball was much more my thing. That was because um, I was never the biggest dude the whole way through, yeah. you know, and and um, I loved football. I almost liked football more than baseball, but I just knew baseball. I had a better shot because I was never a big guy and I was fast, you know, and, yeah, and yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, I, I liked both, but I think baseball kind of always, I, I was a little bit, I was like here where football is here. Yeah. Um, but I liked, I really did like both, but I think I knew um, as I got older, even when I was in fifth grade, sixth grade, like I wanted to play a professional sport. That was always my, my thing and I knew that baseball was my best route to yeah. to, to do so so that's I think, I think everybody in high school and like growing up kind of has that realization like almost any kid wants to be a professional athlete right yeah and you kind of are like okay you have to have like you're, you're like 13 years old and you have this little business conversation with yourself yeah <laughs> and you're like okay where what's what's the best route <laughs> <laughs> how, are we get, how are we gonna make this happen exactly uh but yeah, so that's, I know I had that talk with myself many times, yeah. <laughs> but I knew I didn't have the size. So I was just, and I, and uh, yeah, so, but um, man, I always have football player mentality. So I brought that with me. That was a good thing. Hey, it always helps, right? Yeah. But I think it's funny. You mentioned you also played basketball and I feel like everybody played the, those were the three main sports were football, basketball, baseball. And it was yeah. like football made you tough. Baseball was just fun. And then basketball kept you conditioned. Like I hated yeah. basketball. I'm terrible at basketball, but I played every year up until like yeah. high school just to make sure I could keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's when I dropped off high school and it's like, now you have to like put in a lot of serious work and you have to be very committed. I was like, I was just playing this just to play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So growing up, who were some of the people that you looked up to? Like, I guess in baseball, 
like who who are your role models in baseball that you like you wanted to be like them basically yeah um man i have an interest i mean oh my dad is always a big answer to i mean that's that's first and foremost because he's the one who um man we put a lot of time in since i was a little kid even when i was doing anything at at a at age 25 26 let's go to the field and hit let's go you know like we 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 went after it together and um and he put a ton of time into me going after that so um definitely my dad um easily and then i would honestly i don't have a person like i never i was so um tunnel visioned on getting myself there and i didn't really watch a ton of baseball because baseball is all i ever did so um i didn't watch it as much as you would think i would being a baseball person and then that and then after it didn't happen and you're like a little bit sour to baseball then I didn't watch it because of that after. So yeah. <laughs> like to, to tell you the truth, I don't watch as much baseball as I should. Um, and at this age, now I like to watch it because you learn. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you, when, now I'm watching it for different reasons. Now as a coach, it's cool to watch uh, how the managers do things and shifts and, and this and that, you know, just scenarios and how the, the people on the, um, you know, they set up the defense, they put the, all these guys here and all them and shifting and uh, just it's, it's, cool now to watch it from a coaching standpoint rather yeah, than absolutely. a player standpoint where I'd be pissed all the time because I'm not there and then I didn't make it you know and then yeah. you watch I'm like <laughs> I don't want to watch these guys that's what I was trying to do and um so I would just say that the easiest answer uh, the person that I look up to throughout my baseball stuff is just my dad yeah yeah so he, was my, think... he was my number one fan he was like my my right hand man through it all it's my guy yeah, absolutely. And I think what separates a lot of athletes from the ones that like they can meet that potential of being a professional athlete and just being someone who likes playing sports is that like, oh, this is my favorite player. And it's like, no, I want to be my favorite player. Like the mentality yeah. you had, you yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. I feel like that separates a lot of people. It, it, I would, I talk to my players like that. I say, I tell them, I'm like, I, you know, I've been on many teams where I have great friends on my team, but I want to be the best player on the field. You know what I yeah. mean? And I, I want to be, you know, I'm watching everyone else do good and I am happy for them, but deep down just such a vicious competitor that it's like, I always want to be the number one guy. I want to, you know, and I always had that. You got to control that. You got to, it, sometimes that could be, uh, that can work against you, you know? Yeah. yeah. Your, your, your mental game and how it works and things like that. But, um, yeah. You know what, too? I would say, too, along that whole journey, um, I really did respect my my teammates that I played with. You know, and you watch people that aren't at the top yet, you know, and you watch it's, it's it's tough. It's it's hard to hang on to. You don't make a lot of money. You're living in basements. You're you know, some yeah. have families and kids and 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 uh, just watch everybody, how they carry themselves. And you got to really love it at that point um to try to make all that stuff work and and um I mean honestly I think every player that makes it had to go through that too so it's not like you know just because they're at the top you're like oh man must be nice you know they had to do it too they everyone's got a story everyone's everyone had to get through all that shittiness you know and some get quick some I mean your your elite athletes get through it quicker than than the other ones but most of the time you know when you get there you see everybody that's there um all these superstars in MLB there's it's a cool story behind each one of them most more times than not so um 
you know, I'm not saying it was just us scrapping. It's everybody, you know, Yeah, yeah. it's just that <laughs> we were, the, a lot of us were there more than you'd like to be. You know, we were yeah. some of us that hung around for six or seven years in that, you know, we're not even in a minor league system. We're kind of just floating in the middle there. And, um, it, it's great times, man, you make good friends. That's, that's the other thing is when you, when you're, when you're living that lifestyle and you watch how everybody go through the struggles and you really have each other's backs and things like that, man, I made a, I made a lot of good, great friends. You know, that was, that's the payoff, you know, at the end of all of it, you forget all the baseball. So I don't, I don't yeah, remember so much, just one big blur. Yeah. And I do want to get back to that, the minor league grind and all that. We'll talk about that later, but I want to bring it back to Beaver County. And I, I need to know what was there to do as a teenager in the early two thousands at Beaver oh. County? What did you guys do? <laughs> Man. This is awesome. I don't, I've never got asked this question. I can, I can talk for two hours about this one. Now, um, <laughs> honestly, we, it was the, the area I grew up in. Oh, my, my guys that I grew up with will love this. Um, Sherwood, our, our neighborhood was called Sherwood Drive. And we had so many friends so close to each other in this little plan. If you drive in a circle around all the houses, it would take you two minutes, you know, yeah. like, um, and uh, we had a ton of friends all through there. And when we were like, you know, like 90s kids, we would after school pick up football, murder ball, backyard baseball, flashlight tag, uh, paintball, build forts in the woods and sleep in it. Um, go to the go like pick up rocks and try to find like snakes and frogs and <laughs> this like come home with a big bucket of shit. And it's all <laughs> honestly, honestly, we we did. We, you know what we used to do? We used to remember when Jackass came out, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. That was right when we were like in our, we were 12 and 10. And we used to try to do that stuff and we'd be getting in trouble and filming it. And oh my gosh. <laughs> but, but if you combined all that, if my friends heard this and you combine all that together, that was pretty much it. So, but um, it was cool. It was like, it, it, it's not like that anymore. You don't, no. you don't see just pick up football games going down and backyard flashlight tag at night and kids riding bikes all over everybody's yards and neighborhoods and 10 bikes into the front yard. And um, <laughs> that's what we did. We rode bikes everywhere. We went to each other's house. You just knock on the door. You didn't even know if anyone's home, open the door, start yelling for your friend's name. Like it's, it's different times. You don't see that much, but man, it was, it was such a cool way to grow up. Um, it, it really made, it was, it made us tough. You know, mm -hmm. we're playing football, you get in a fight, you back, you know, your friends, your friends get an argument, you're backing them up, playing kids from other towns. You know, it was cool. It was, it was, it, it I, that's, I definitely give uh, some credit to my upbringing and how we were as a group and friends and stuff. It kind of, you know, gave us some toughness. Yeah. Um, Cause you're out on your own doing your own thing. And that, you know, and then when it gets night, you run home and go eat dinner. And, yeah your parents are yelling for you, you know? So, um, it was cool. I love, I loved my childhood. I love the way I grew up. Um, it was awesome. I, I, some, sometimes I push for like my younger kids. I teach, I say that I'm like, you go outside, you do this, you shoot hoops, you do, you know, cause right now it's like video game city, yeah. computer phone, video game. And they're like eight and nine and 10. It's like, you know, so I know that with the times change, you got to change with the times too. You know, yeah. it's like, um, you can't be like, no phone, no this, you're going to do nothing at all. Like you gotta, you gotta give in a little bit, but I do think, you know, that it's good for these kids, you know, or, or parents to be like, Hey, from this time to this time, get your ass outside, go yeah, run around, exactly. you know, go, yeah. 
but everyone's different. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah, no, I was like, that's how I grew up too. Like, I think my generation was like the end of that, you know, we had all the video games, but it's like, we still were like, our parents were kicking us out saying, go outside for three, four hours and come back, you know, yeah, you're having the pickup games, we were playing, whatever, we're playing release, all that stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's so much fun. And nowadays it's like these kids, they're sitting yeah, outside playing Fort, Fortnite. They don't have to hang out face to face. They just talk over the yeah. video games. And it's like, you know, you wonder what'll happen, you know, whenever they get to our age. Yep. Yeah. Everything just always changes. That's how it goes. Everything very different, you know, but so. So let's, let's talk about high school ball. Um, were you like the top, guy on the team i mean obviously you had that mentality but like what was it like playing baseball for center um yeah i was always you know i, I started as a freshman but i fresh my freshman year was tough like i wasn't an everyday guy like it was hard i was yeah. i was small you're a little bit nervous as a freshman you know what i mean you're everyone much bigger you're usually you're on the jv team and i was mixing in a little bit um and you know some of the players don't like that you know, seniors, if you're, they're on the bench and a freshman's playing this game. And so I had to deal with a little bit of that stuff. Not, not much. I, I knew most of the guys and it was pretty cool, but um, yeah, as a sophomore, I did very well. And then junior and senior year, same thing, did, did very well. Um, and I would say baseball in Western PA is not like huge yeah. football, football in Western PA football. is big. Yeah. yeah. So um, the baseball was good, but it's not like anything crazy. It's not, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's your, I would say it's your basic high school talent level. You know, when, when we played our conference games and when we get into playoffs and then states and um, what was cool, what was really challenging was whenever we go to, you do the um, like showcases where they pick the best players from Beaver County. And then you move on to the next step that would be like the best players from the western side of the state and then if you make that cut you go to pnc park and there's all these dudes and if you make that cut then you go to the pennsylvania east first west game and that's like all the best players in pennsylvania playing each other and their scouts and stuff there and that was awesome like that was a challenge um so i did that yeah i got to do that my senior year and went the whole way through and that was really cool that was that was hard that wasn't easy at all you know that yeah. was all really good players so that was cool that was that was tough but i enjoyed that because i always liked the challenge and um carried myself at a high level too so i enjoyed doing that stuff um but yeah i loved it i love i i liked uh i loved high school baseball it's fun it's it's just a high school sports is much more fun it's not as stressful you know when you get into college and when you get into any pro ball anything you know a much higher level of stress when you take it very serious you know and and then you know but it was it was i still had fun with all of it but i was but man i took it very serious sometimes i would Sometimes I'd take the fun out of it <laughs> because <laughs> of how serious I took it. And once again, it's a, it's a, that's another big teaching point that, you know, from experience of being somebody that sometimes can go overboard with, uh, with that, you know, it's good yeah. to take it that serious and be all in, but at the same time, you really have to be able to leave the field and turn your baseball brain off. And that was hard for me. That was hard for me to do when I, when I would do bad or things weren't good very hard for me to just be like yeah, okay just let me go i'll just go back home and be all everything's all good i couldn't do it i just took it so wow. serious that if i did good i was normal i wasn't like running around throwing everyone's foul just normal that's what i expected when i did bad <laughs> you knew it 
you, yeah. you knew that I did bad. I was I didn't want to do shit. I'd be pissed until the next time that I did good. <laughs> yeah. So that was a bad. That was one. That was a weakness of mine for sure. Gotcha. And then so like you mentioned like how Western PA is not like a baseball area. Like it's all football. So like yeah. coming from that um how much of a like how how much did that affect your recruiting for college yeah um i would say um yeah that's a tough one because like even way back then i didn't have a lot of people helping me you know what i mean i kind of just knew where good players were at Mm -hmm. from my area and that's kind of how i looked into places like we would look at some we looked at we we were possibly thinking the d1 route and we just all the ones that were close Pitt, wvu um like marshall i think villanova uh um i think one in ohio akron you know and all the all of the all the offers were the same it was like because i had awesome numbers you know and yeah and um but i was shit i was probably 5 10 170 165 170 and as an outfielder to d1 usually that's like no 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 (laughs) you know like that's small um and you know, obviously, and it's how recruiting goes. Sometimes, sometimes they don't know who you are and they just look at your numbers real quick and it's like, eh, no, you know, and then sometimes if they know you um, or someone, you know, that someone puts a word in or you have some video and they can watch and things like that. But um, my size was always against me. You know, I, that was tough to battle against. Um, and then whenever I went the D2 route um, and, and same thing, I knew people that where were um, awesome baseball players in our section, I remember. And I'd see where they went. And I started looking into some of these places. I was like, man, these, I thought, thought these kids were awesome. And I would look to see where they were going. And then I started, I called them or I'd reach out to them and ask them like, hey, what's the baseball like there? I'm thinking about coming there. And, um, and I did that with a few schools. And um, in Cal U, um, California University of Pennsylvania, yeah. it had like four guys that I played against in high school that were all good i was like man these guys were tough this place has to be legit and then i talked to them they're like yeah it's tough like it's not easy at all i'm only hitting like 310 right now you know blah 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 so then i went that's the only place i went to visit and the coach was awesome mike conti very nice type of coach like a little bit younger like looked like he works out every day of his life like he just a big he played for the (laughs) oakland athletics like he was very energetic and and uh you play your home games at the wild thing stadium um yeah so there was so that was a you know he was big big in the weight room saying how much they're big on weights and that was me all the way so yeah um so that was that was easily um that hit right away a couple d2s i i was thinking about as well but that one was the best that was just that one felt the best it was hour and a half away from home um all the d1s it was like yeah yeah we can give you like maybe like the minimum amount of money like nothing basically yeah. nothing guaranteed this that you know it just didn't all sound like none of them really wanted me you know and and uh this place yeah it, it was great and um and it was perfect like it was honestly i think it was the absolute perfect decision i registered as a freshman i got shoulder surgery i think it was from football and lifting and yeah, yeah I, I went hard in high school with with all that stuff and so then it was a blessing because my first year I was a sophomore it's like cheating it's not like how it feels yeah. You get to learn the campus, you get to meet the team, you get to play in all the inter-squad games, you get used to college baseball. And uh, then then your first year that counts, it's like you're already kind of already got a feel for it. So if you can redshirt and you're a freshman and you know you're not going to play that much, everybody hates to do it because you want to play. You think yeah. you're going to play a lot. You, you don't want to sit around for a year. But, man, if you can do it, if 
you can suck it up for that year and redshirt, it's 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 a great thing if you're not going to be on the field a ton and, and then you waste a year of, of getting 30 at bats, you know. Yeah. So it worked out good. It was a good decision and and um it set me on a path to have a shot at, at pro baseball, and that's what I wanted, you know. So um so I, I do. I, that was a good decision. The people that I met there, all my my a lot of best friends from that school, and and I still talk to my coach. It's really cool to talk to him from as coach to coach. Um, now yeah. it went it yeah. went from like player to coach to some stuck in this pro ball mix to my coach and the conversations of that. And now we talk as two head coaches. It's a cool little like evolution of of conversation we have now. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I want to backtrack a little bit because you're talking about your size and I just I want to know your opinion about it now, because it's like there, there's been kind of a change in the stigma of sizes of guys because you see a guy like Altuve, who's like yeah. a superstar and he's what, like five, four. <laughs> like, I don't even know. Yeah, he, so he's short. very short. Yeah. So Little like, dude. has that stigma kind of gone away in Major League Baseball, do you think? Uh, or do you think he's just like a rare talent? I think he's just, yeah. Uh, um put it this way just because you're a, i mean this is the, the obvious comments you know this is the common answer you'll hear when you go down this road but it's like anybody can be an awesome baseball player it's just that whenever you're a coach at any program and you're just milling through hundreds of emails and you see yeah. five six one sixty like that doesn't jump out you know yeah. like that's not you're not writing that one down you know if, if you're flying through email and that's sometimes that's how that's what we get hit with hundreds of emails, hundreds. And a lot of the time, and everybody's different. Like I do my best to at least watch video or like whoever's sending me something. If it's a position I'm recruiting, at least watching it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than being like, no, that's not the right size. No, that's not the right size. You know, I really do try to, to not just do go that route, but there are, there, everyone is different. Like when you ask these questions, everyone will give you a little bit of a different answer. Everybody's routine, the way people, uh, what they want, how they do, everyone's different. You know, I'm, I'm big on that as coaching. I think that in sports, baseball life really is, there's no, it's never just one way. Everyone's got their own ways. They do things, what they look for, how they do it, you know, and, and I'm always, you know, whatever works, whatever, whatever style you are, whatever we're doing, you know, yeah, good, good with me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, this is how I do it. So this is the yeah. way, you know, that I'm not really one of those people. Gotcha. Yeah. So like, I, I kind of bring that up because like I played college football for a year, it's division three. And I feel like I was judged as a lineman for my height. Like I was five eleven, and even at D three, they're looking for dudes that are like six, four, six, five. And it's like, even though I had like good footwork or whatever, like my fundamentals were good. They're like, Oh, you're not big enough to like be our guy. So it's like in different sports, it's you take it different ways, I guess. Yeah, as a lineman, shit, you gotta be, yeah. <laughs> you gotta be a certain. That's a, yeah, you you could have every you could skill set. You could be the like the yeah. best footwork, best most strength, but if you're not like six two or higher, yeah, you're almost written off immediately. Those dudes are giants, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. There's, you know, what another another interesting thing too is like in baseball, you'll have guys that um that don't have anything spectacular like on paper like mm -hmm. they're they'll make every routine play at second base though they grade at bats they walk they don't swing at bad pitches line drive hitter decently fast smart baseball player like you can go really far with guys like that 
You know what I mean? Like you, if, ever, if you have a big team of those type of guys that can play the game good, yeah, you can go, you can make your way, you know, as a player like that. Um, you know, and then there will be players where their numbers are off the charts, but they're a little bit more wild um, or not as baseball savvy or baseball IQ is not all there. And it's a little bit more of a um, free for all, you know, and I was, I was similar to that type of player. Yeah. Where it was like my my skill set was was freakish. Like I can hit like a three hole hitter, but run a six six, and had to throw ninety from the outfield. But I was a little wild in how I played. I wasn't a smart baseball player. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know. I I would say the way I was coached, um, not the way I was coached, but I always did good. So I don't think anybody really ever uh, was sat me down and was like, "Hey, the next level." all this dumb shit you're doing is going to get exposed. <laughs> you know what I mean? That doesn't, that works here. That works in high school. That works in college. Um, but at the next level, like these, you know, how your approaches and the way you're, you, you know, your throws from the outfield and stealing on bases and all this stuff. It's like, you can, it's an interesting thing to talk about because it was like, that is what allowed me to put those numbers up and be seen and get, do what I did. But at the same time, if you play like how I played in college, at the pro level sometimes it's a little too crazy and you know there's not there's not a plan behind it you know yeah, what i mean you can't yeah, just go yeah. up and go okay home run every time i swing uh i know i'm faster <laughs> than everyone and and i'm just stealing to steal because i'm fast you know and that's every time listen that's exactly base, how i played baseball it was just yeah. like all right i'm gonna get off the bat i'm gonna hit the ball as far as i can <laughs> like, yeah. there's no thought to it <laughs> yeah I, i'll tell you i went a, i went a long ways playing like that and yeah <laughs> and, and i would say when i got into when i got into uh you know in a higher level of baseball that when you play like that it's your games are like this up down up down yeah. up down you know like it would be like look like you never played baseball before one day and then the next day you're heading the count all four at bats and you're just ripping fastballs because you're a fastball home run style mindset and yeah. you go three for four that day. And then the next day you have two strikes on you all four at bats and you don't like to let the ball travel deep. So you're shit at bats that game. And so <laughs> I, th- that was, that was kind of my, I, that was a challenge for me as well at that level was, was um, being smart, playing with some intent behind what I was doing, cleaning my game up, baseball IQ. That yeah. was what I, that was my weakness. I had all the skills and you, and you run through, you run past a lot of players like that where they're talented out, you know, they have everything. You just yeah. put them out there and do a practice day, they'll blow you away. And then whenever it comes time to play a baseball game and and why, why are you stealing? When should you steal? Why are you doing this? When do you hit the right field? When should you try to pull the ball? When, you know, what what gap to gap hitting? When should we bunt? Why are we bunting? Where do yeah. you bunt it? When the guys are on what bases? Look at the infield first before you step in. You know, like all those little details, that's kind of what I was missing. So when you go to a pro level and you don't have all that, it's like, what are you doing? Like you're yeah. miles behind, you know, and these, and you're supposed to have it at that point. You know, you're, you're not coming in as a 23 year old going, you know, and be, people being like, yeah, you don't know how to play this game. Like, yeah. You right. Know? So <laughs> I think yeah. that also goes back to Western Pennsylvania, not being a big baseball yeah. area, because I remember myself, you're, you're at practice and like, yeah, you'd have like two or three, probably two or three practices a year where you're talking about that stuff when you should be talking about it every day. Yeah. But then like the way they do it, the way they make it interactive. And it's like, okay, I'm just throwing the ball now. Like they're not talking about it after every throw. I, I don't think I ever got into that. Even in the high school level, we didn't talk about it. Like I think booster leagues, we would talk about it a little bit, but that, that goes to show 
how good our, my high school coaches were, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, it's, it's a game of chess, not checkers. And I think yeah. a lot of people growing up in Western PA see baseball as a checkers game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's ri- what I love to do now in a head coaching position where you get, to, you know, you get to freely talk how you want to and what you want to talk about and how you want to coach and how we're going to, what we're going to talk about this day and how we're going to approach practice. And, and you get to make the decisions of what we're going to do, what we're going to talk about, how we're going to approach stuff. It's the best thing. It's, it's my favorite thing. You know, I think when you're an assistant, it's a little bit more of like you stay in your lane. Um, you know what I mean? You just yeah. kind of follow the plan. And I love to, t- I just love to, I love to pass down all the mistakes and things I've learned that are, that were crucial that a lot of, a lot of these kids, what it, baseball or not baseball, just everything, my, my whole twenties wrapped in a nutshell, yeah. you know what I mean? And all the mistakes and things you wish you had known and all that stuff. And then you, that's the golden information where it's like, I'm going to, I don't, I can't go back and change this. I learned the hard way. Most of us learned the hard way at this age. And now we're going to tell you and teach you before you can make those mistakes. And you, ha- you know what I mean? It's like, we had to pay for it. We don't get it back. And now we pass it down to these guys so they don't make the same mistakes and they can benefit from, from us, you know? And, and I, I love that. I, that's like, I love to be able to come on here and have 50 kids looking at me and bullshit about things, you know, all that stuff. And, and um, I think when, you know, when they know that it's somebody that really went after it, um, any, you know, anybody um, that went after it for six or seven years and, you know, you really weren't, at a very high level and you're kind of in that middle area. Um, you know, I think there's a respect there that, you know, you, you, you learn a lot, whether you made it or you not, or you didn't, you learn a ton about, you know, about life really too, not just baseball. You learn a lot about what, what did you, what, you know, what did you get out of this? What, what was the payoff when it was done? What did you do while you were doing it? What was worth it? What wasn't, you know, the friends, yeah. the people, the places traveling around, meeting all this, like all this stuff, you know, it all comes back around. It's cool to talk to these kids about when they talk about, you know, what they want to do or their jobs or um, what, what they want to do for a living and what should we do? What do you think? And like, you could actually add good conversation, you know, because you, you lived it, you went yeah. through it, you know, and, and, um, and it's, it's cool. There's just, it's all baseball kids. And that's all I've ever known. I was that, you know, and it's, that's all I've ever done. So um you know, it, it is, and I, I really do. I like talk. I'm starting to, I'm starting to love being able to help these kids. When I first got into it and it's like, I'm a baseball coach. I was, and there's all these other things like um, meetings and paperwork and making uniforms and getting all of our gear ready and uh, transcripts and recruiting. And um, it's like, you do like 10% baseball actually. Yeah. And all this other stuff. <laughs> and right away, I was like, man, I just want to coach baseball. I just want to be a baseball coach. And, um, and that changed pretty quickly. I think once you see your kids have success and you see them, you know, you, you help them with getting tutoring or you help them when they're in trouble or um, you help them find their next school and you help them get a scholarship and you, you know, and, and you just see their, um, you help them get, you know, you're a big stepping stone to their next point and you give them, you know, good advice and life lessons and they thank you after. And it's very heartfelt, you know, these texts they send you and 
it's a good feeling. It's it's a really good feeling. And, and now that I'm getting into it a little bit more, it's happening more and more. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's just like the more, the more times now that it, you keep helping these kids and you see them be successful and move them on to their next chapter in their life and their family's thanking you and they're thanking yeah. you. And um, you see them do well at their next place and they keep in touch and they text you. And um, it's awesome. It's just a really, it's a really cool feeling. And now that that's, um, that's happening over and over again, it's like, it's making me love the process, you know, now that it's starting to happen. Cause I'm only a year and a half in and I didn't get to do anything yet. Honestly, yeah. we, we got canceled last year and I didn't recruit anybody. I got hired too late. And then we just recruited a whole new team and we got canceled. We had to move, ship them all out. It was, that's crazy. it was the biggest, oh, we, we spent seven months recruiting an entire new team. Yeah. Kids smaller, <laughs> you know, like just, you know, um, people getting getting in contact with me from all over just because you know you're when you're yeah. play with all these players and coaches from all over the united states when you, and then that when you become a college coach they all reach out to you they're like hey we want to send you kids and yeah uh, and, it, and it went really well for 2020 and um, about a month before christmas break we did our zoom stuff for four months everybody all pumped up ready to go and they canceled us and we had all these awesome players and we we're like well everyone's got to go somewhere what are you gonna not play yeah so yeah. So we had to move on a lot of our main players to other schools, which is a hard pill to swallow yeah. to get them all there and then give them all away to everybody. I bet. Oh my God. So, but. So I want to wrap up the conversation about your college days. When you got the call from Cal U that you were going to be inducted into the hall of fame last year. Oh yeah. What went through your mind? What, what like, did you, was it something you felt you deserved or were you like, wow, this is crazy? Yeah, no, I, 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 um, 10 years later, it's not, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind it's of the cool. back of your mind, right? Yeah. You're, very, yeah. very much in the back of my mind. <laughs> a lot, a lot of other stuff going on, you know, but, um, definitely awesome. You know, it was cause it just brings all that stuff to the forefront again of how hard we worked, you know, um, once again, my, me and my, dad and my pap and you know just my family in general you know they they were behind me the whole way through when I was little all-stars high school travel travel here fly here try out you know it was a it was a I put everything I had everything money broken bones every you know I just yeah. all on the line I can't even both my elbows destroyed like eight surgeries all of it was you know so it it was it feels good um to get something like that, you know, or just be recognized like that. Cause I did, you know, we, uh, us as a whole, and we put a lot, a lot of effort into it. So that was a cool, yeah, def definitely a cool award. But um, like I said, I think just the older I get the awards, they're cool, but like it, the people, it's all of the people that you meet. That's what, that's yeah, what absolutely. lasts the whole way through, you know, it's like the awards, nobody's going to, nobody thinks of, Sam DiMatteo on the baseball field, you know, 20 years from now, you know what I mean? It just, it just goes away. So what's more important to me is like the people and the relationships and stuff like that. But, um, you know, that kind of stuff, it is what it is. It's, it's never bad, you know? Yeah. So, so that was a good one. That was a big one for us. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's talk about, uh, getting the call to spring training with the nationals. And we were talking beforehand how it went down and it was kind of unconventional, I guess, if you want to, tell that story yeah yeah i'll just i'll briefly go through that one yeah. <laughs> um so yeah basically there were when i was a i think my junior year is when i got on the map um I, I that was my year i was an all-american and then i started getting 
Um, I think just when you're on like the stat leaderboards, like nationwide, like you just start to get some attention, you know, and, um, and uh, I would, you know, I would get some things in the mail and some showcases to go to on a phone call here or there. And a couple of people that would want to try to help agents and stuff. And I'm like, I don't need an agent. If somebody <laughs> says they want me to go play, I'm going to go. Like, I was like, I'm not some big, I don't think I'm going to be some big time money player. Um, you know, we looked into it for a little bit just because I think they were like, we can open a lot more doors is, was the thing. We know people, we can just send them the stuff. And um, yeah, we might, I think we might've had some guy helping us like, I know we didn't go crazy in that respect. I think it was just somebody that was like, I'll help you. It's, I don't even know if we had to pay. I, like, I can't remember, but I know yeah. we didn't go crazy there. Um, but um, the Nationals were always the number one. That was the, 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 the scout that was old, like texting text basis. You know, we were texting. He'd call two years straight. Um, cool guy. Email me. Um, and, uh, and so, I, like we were talking about before, um my uh it was after my junior year or no during junior year i talked to this guy and then whenever i whenever i thought it was serious or i knew it was much more serious is we would go down south for our georgia trip and play like 10 games in the sun because it was still cold where we were okay. at and i remember he was there the whole trip he stayed all every game he'd come up to me after the games and um i just remember the last thing he said before i went home was like you just hold it down and do decent like you're in you're gonna be fine and I remember that it was very comforting too. Um, and then I went, I killed it again. I was all American and I bat, I hit like four fifteen and had like 10, 12 home runs and 45 stolen bases and um, was all over the place. And, and uh, so we were like, man, we're, we gotta be good to go, you know? And, um, and um, being a fifth year senior, like I'll say what they explained to me was that once the draft was over, And they didn't see me like, you know, I wasn't on the draft board and they kind of knew that I didn't want any money and I didn't have another year. So there was nowhere for me to go. So basically, if no one took me, they can just bring me on for free as a free agent instead of having to get pay me and all that. So it was something, some type of shit like that. But I was like, damn. It was basically like, it was like, (laughs) you're going to, you're going to play for your contract, almost like playing for a scholarship. Yeah. 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 They, they didn't give me anything. I, they, they, you know, I was lucky to honestly still the the small percentage that gets to go into M, uh, any MLB affiliated I still don't look at it as like oh poor me I was there you know I was there yeah. my Bryce Harper was my next locker over it yeah. was <laughs> it was his uh rookie year so he was his first year there and um that was pretty crazy getting dressed next to him and acting like it's not a big deal you know yeah Just right like, <laughs> pretending like I've been here before a million times um <laughs> but yeah, so it was just to be there and give myself a chance to be seen and um, get to see how it works and what the talent level is of a, you know, double A, triple A, watch the big leaguers do their thing, take BP, you know, um, literally warming up with Michael Taylor and Steven Souza Jr. and all these guys that have great careers and, um, you know, and, and getting to see where I fit with those guys, you know, and it gave me a lot of confidence because I, I you know, once you see them move on and they're in the MLB and you're like, man, I feel Steven Souza Jr. was a different, oh, that dude was, <laughs> that was a different monster, man. That dude was, he was something different. But um, there were players that were went to a very high level. And I remember while I was there, I was like, man, I felt like I was right with these guys, you know? Yeah. And, yeah so, um, but 
you know, some, some people, some you hang around longer, some people, you know, you don't, and everybody's path is different and there's no, you know, sometimes it's not fair. Sometimes it, that's life. That's baseball. That's life. There's tons of players that are awesome that get the shaft. And there's some players where you're like, how's this guy still here? Why is he here for three years? And, you know, it's kind of all, uh, and you just, the only way to really uh, see out your run is to just go as long as you can, because you never know when you're going to get your break. You know, there, there's years where you do really good and you don't get shit. And then there's years where you, there was a year where I didn't do that much. And I was, and for some reason I was like getting phone calls from like, great baseball organizations and i'm like what the hell where was this phone like, call what did you was, see in me like, what was this phone call when like i didn't have four surgeries and was awesome and, like yeah. and every, i was fresh <laughs> and doing great i was like why am i getting this phone call now i was like i can't even function like was you know that you know it's just and and once again it adds to like just baseball conversation that i can engage in with players and coaches and just you know, when you go through the ringer and you just go through it all, it's like you, you see a lot of stuff and you can add to, you know, you, it, it adds to what you're able to relate to as a coach. Yeah. So like how, how does that call to spring training lead to the rest of your professional career? Because like you're saying, like you didn't, you didn't make the team, I guess, right. You didn't go to the majors. So how does that correlate to you making a squad in, in the minors? Just out of pure curiosity, because I don't know how it works. Um, do, wait, I don't understand. Do you mean like, um, like, so just did you being, go to a, did you go to the Nationals like minor league team after that? Oh no, no, no. So, so when you're there as a free agent, yeah, you're basically there trying to get promoted to one of those teams. Like you're trying yeah. to get added to the actual roster, yep. so you can go to the single A team, the double A, the short rookie ball, the because after a month of spring training um that's when it's like cut all the guys that we don't need here and start creating all the teams and send them out to their locations gotcha. some state spring training facility all the guys that are making the rosters they're all going to hagerstown where the single a was and wherever the double a team you know and they're all gone they all leave so the goal was like when spring training is over you want to be on one of those teams you know what i yeah. mean so so that, yeah i was there all the way to the end and, it, and that was there just nothing you know Nothing opened up, you know, there's nowhere that needs an extra outfielder, this, that, and the other. Uh, thanks for coming out. And then I'm in Florida with my car, done. What's wow. my next move? <laughs> That's crazy. So, yeah, so you just drive home. And um, you know what it did though, what was good was, was having that on your resume is big for like your next opportunity. So like whenever you email a coach or somebody, you know, that you know that's gonna message a coach or something or other, you know, hey, Sam DiMatteo, he was with the Nationals last year at spring training. Like, and they're like, okay, well, this dude has to be legit, you know? So, yeah. like, that it helped. It definitely was not for nothing. It definitely helped, you know, for for my future um, base, the places I went to and playing. And, and, yeah, when you see that, that's like is a coach now. Even whenever we do, like, showcases and stuff, the first guys you look at, oh, man, this dude played a little bit of pro ball. Where's he at? What's his name? That's the first guys you look at. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so that, you know, it helped for, for down the road as well. So, um, you know, that's stuff you see as you get a little bit older, you know, when you're younger, yeah. you're just pissed because you're not there anymore and you got cut basically and you're mad. And, but yeah, it helped that, that definitely helped, uh, for, for opportunities and stuff like that. Yeah. So I guess the better way to phrase that question is what was the next step? Oh man. Once I, once that was over, it was just, um, Oh, it brings back so many memories. I must have sent, I must have sent three thousand emails in my day, 
or text um, when I was just trying to get opportunities at other when when you're when you're cold call reaching out to like high level baseball organizations such a shot in the dark but yeah. I did it I when I was nuts and like fully blown committed I would send emails to the all the front desk people the coaches I sent out eight emails to the same program I would just copy yeah. and paste all the emails to to like a woman front desk I was like but one of them will see it you know and yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what I've I've, I've sent out so many emails you wouldn't believe stats came from the nationals here's my you know all american and called them like how could somebody not look at this you know and yeah i, I shit you not those emails didn't do much wow yeah and that's, day, and that's something that like i think in every, almost every career path it's like just send out an email send out an email somebody's gonna look at it you just never know that's why yeah. we have to, that's why i did it it was just like um that was kind of like our our way of going about it like i think me and my dad like that was a little bit of our plan we're like just put it together because if you know you'd never know which guy might know you or maybe there's somebody from pennsylvania and they know who you are this yeah. you know we didn't want to leave like any any stone unturned exactly we, yeah. we just wanted to say that we went after it with everything and it is the honestly doing it like that and going to every workout every showcase traveling spending money some of them were good. Some of them were shit. Some of, you know, some of them you get nothing out of. Some of them you suck at. Like, but it, when it's all said and done and not having any regret of like, I should have did this. I should have went to this workout. I probably should have went here. But when you don't have any regret when you're all done, it's amazing. Like it is, I don't have, I did too much. So like when I'm done and I look at myself in the mirror, if that's how it feels, like I have, yeah. I, 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 I laugh at myself. I'm like, what the hell are we doing? You know, like it was like, man, we probably should have packed it in two years prior to this, you know. And so that is that was a, that's amazing. That's an amazing feeling at this age was was how hard I went after what I wanted to do, um, because in your life, you only get one chance to do that. You know what I mean? Especially as an athlete, you only get one chance to, to do that. And it, as soon as you hang them up and you get a little bit older or rusty and it's over, you know, so I'm so happy I went. I, I truly gave it everything I had everything every shred of me in the weight room everything surgeries that they're telling me I'll never play again and coming back from those you know and, and going through a lot of pain and it it, it hurt you know I, I I couldn't play I shouldn't have been playing but um it's it's awesome when it's all said and done you can be you're, you mentally for your mental health you know to to be good is yeah, is absolutely. very important to me yeah yeah, that, that, that's, I think that's the most important thing is I feel like there's a lot of people you see, they, they didn't, they didn't take the chances that they should have. And then later down, like 10, 10 years down the line, they have so much regret. Yeah. You and can't go like, back, man. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a very, that's a toxic feeling, man. Absolutely. When, when there's nothing you can do about it, you know, and you're just, so yeah, I really, and I knew that too. That was, you know, that was my goal. That was, that was me. I, I know I said when it was when when my time is up like my body will be done functioning someone yeah. will <laughs> when someone sends me home because I can't play this sport and hang at this level anymore I'll I'll go home it's pretty yeah. much what happened yeah absolutely so now let's yeah. talk the transition from playing ball to becoming a coach um 
what was that like? And obviously what, what was the mental of that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you're probably there like, Oh, I, I feel like I could be playing, but you're, you're a coach. I feel like <laughs> yeah. that's something that goes through almost anybody's head when you're transitioning like that. Yeah, it was tough. The first year was, I don't want to say it was tough. The first year I didn't, I wasn't a coach yet. That's how it felt. Felt like I wanted okay. to be with all the players. Like we'd be coaching and I'd want to go sit in the middle of all the players. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that you can't do that. Like that was, that was just me transitioning and, and it is what it is, but um, you know, they see you as a friend, a player, like that's kind of how I was being treated, which I didn't mind. But um, when you want to be a coach and you're going to be respected every day and they're going to straighten up when you're around and, and treat you, uh, you know, accordingly, that's not how you treat players, you know, and yeah. that was my first year in coaching. You know, I was, I felt like a player still. I just played last year, you know, and, and um, so that my first year, that was a weird transition. And I, and I figured that out quickly. The next year I was like, I can't do that. That's not how I want to be treated. That's not how I want to be seen. You know what I mean? Um, and, and yeah, and just, it's just maturing, you know, maturing yeah. with your job and with age. Um, Cause I think my first coaching job, I was probably 28, 29, you know, now that I'm 34, you make a lot of changes of how you approach everybody in the field and what you do on a daily basis and how you talk to everyone and how you carry yourself. And, you know, you just find your way of how, you know, what, how you want to be as a coach. So, um, yeah, it's like not even a thing now, you know, I just had but those first year two, you got to kind of learn, learn, you know, this new system, this new thing. It was just very new. Um, but yeah, I, I, when I was, I'm telling you, I think I, it's interesting because if you ask a hundred players, these questions, you get a hundred different answers, you know, yeah. for me, um, I was, when I made the decision to be done, the amount of stress that lifted off of my body was, was, it was just, it was, it, I was sad, but it was a great, it was an awesome feeling too, yeah. because it was very, I think for my injuries, I think my injuries is where I really took a lot. It was a very stressful. And then, I was very, I was very hard on myself too. Always that always added stress. You know, I was very, so I was always, uh, if I didn't, you know, if I wasn't on a roll, I was, I had stressed myself out a lot. I was, I, I put a lot of weight on myself. I put a lot of pressure on myself, uh, with this stuff. And, um, I just didn't want to fail. I didn't want to go back home and not, not make it. I didn't want to, you know, let everyone see me not reach the goal I wanted to reach. I didn't want everyone, my family, my grandparents, my dad, um, my people back home. You're, you know, I'm always in the paper. Everyone, you know, yeah. they're always saying where I'm playing next. And so you're always that's, out there. That's another Western Pennsylvania thing. I think with almost any sport, if you're, if you're any good, like people talk about you and if you don't yeah. su su succeed their expectations, it's yeah. like, you and come I, and I, yeah, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to not, I didn't want to fail. I didn't want everyone yeah. to see me not make it, you know? So, um, that was, and that's, you know what though, sometimes those are good because it's a driving force. Like, you know, it's, it's cause those are the times where like when you're doing bad, th those are the type of things that you'll keep rolling because you're like, I can't have everyone see me do this. I can't have everyone see me fail. I can't have my family. I don't want my family to see me fail. I want my family to be happy. And, um, those are like driving forces. You need those. Cause if you don't have that and it gets that hard and it's just, you're doing it just cause for you, you might quit very early. You don't have anything yeah. else to be like, yeah, this sucks, but you got all this shit behind you that you can't stop, you know? And so, you know, those are good things, you know, it, it, and, 
it, it's, I mean, and that's uh, honestly, that's sports. There's pressure on everybody. Nobody just floats through, you know, no, yeah. it's, that you got, that's part of it. That's why when you can play at that high level constantly and be all over TV, play in front of thousands and thousands of people, you're something else. You handle that pressure and you can, you can show up every day and perform and do well. You are a different breed. You know, that's not easy to do. Yeah. And I feel like we've, we've already kind of talked about your coaching situation, like how you had to basically, you lost the whole team, which is ter- terrible. It's just the circumstances were dealt. Right. And how do you, how do you come back from that? Cause I, I, I saw, I had your LinkedIn up. How many years have you been a head coach? Is it two or three? Um, not like even a year two. and a half. Yeah. It's a year and a half. So like, you go, you have your first year as a head coach, 2019, and, you know, you go through the season, right? And then 2020 happens. What, like, what are you doing now to get prepared now that you, you've lost yeah. some players? It's, it's a whole new ball game now with COVID and everything. What's the, what's the game plan for you? Yeah, we, so recruiting is big right now because yeah. obviously we just had to give up a lot of our good players. And we, uh, we got to re we got to stock up again. So recruiting is, is like a daily thing every morning. It's just like, I'll, I'll sit down and take my time and run through, you know, I got a lot. And if you do it right, keep in touch with a lot, keeping in touch with a lot of players is, is a lot. You know what I mean? Like keeping all of them logged down, keeping tabs with them as they go, any questions, talk, you know, if the parents have questions, doing zoom meetings, you know, how's everything going? Just keep in touch. It's a lot of work, you know, if, if you, you really go that far into it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm, you know, doing that, I, and my coaches help me. My coaches are great. Um, good coaches are huge, you know, good coaches that um, you can allot some work to and they help you out, stuff like that. You know, that's, that, that helps out a ton. They're great. Um, but really just get, getting these guys ready for summer, making sure they're all playing summer ball um, to put up some numbers just to have something, you know, some of these kids haven't played in a year and a half and, um, and uh, we do our zoom meetings. Really. That's our big thing is we're, that's, that's basically our college routine is we get on zoom throughout the week. Hitters are Monday, pitchers, Tuesday, infielders, Wednesday, outfielders, Thursday, uh, catchers, Friday. Sometimes we bring on a special guest. Like um, we had Matt Adams, uh from mm. the cardinals and or nationals like yeah. he played at slippery rock so yeah. like people we me and my coaches know uh coco chris tampa bay rays hitting coach uh you know between me casey and reed my coaches we we all mixed in with some pro ball stuff so we all kind of can bring on some interesting people that we've met throughout that, so, that it sounds like that makes recruiting a little easier too the, whenever yeah, people the, know that they they can get that insight from those yeah, type of players and the kids love it the kids they would yeah. take notes they'd ask we, they get to ask questions and half of them they just ask dumb shit because they just want to talk to them <laughs> yeah exactly you know I mean? yeah they just want to have a conversation with with these guys but no they no they honestly they didn't i'm just being tough on them they were no, good. that's, they, that's they, what they, i do i bring all these people on my podcast just to ask them dumb dumb questions because <laughs> they so it, yeah it was really it was cool though some of them would text me after me like man i can't believe i just got to talk to him and blah 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 and, and they would sit on there and be cool as hell they'd be on there for an hour you know just talk about their career and um what what path they chose through college and then what was pro and then they and all these kids would ask them you know what's your approach what was the difference between this league and this league at this level and this level um 
Oh, yeah, it was, it was great. Like, so we did that every Friday. We had a new guy on coaches from minor league teams, from pro teams, players we played with. It was, we did, yeah, it was, it was really cool. So even though like, you know, the, the, the online stuff was, was kind of tough at the beginning or weird, very different. We found a way to make it very um, informative because there's no, you can't do anything physical. You give them workouts to do. And then, and, and you, we gave them their gym stuff and we would, you know, we told them, you know, for each position, what they should be working on. Everyone's strengths and weaknesses are different. So pick out what, you know, where your game is weak, focus on that, you know, um, and everyone can text us whenever they want, send us video, you know, if they want some one-on-one -on -one stuff. And um, we did a lot of that in the fall. So, um, so we made it work for, for what it was. And, and to me, it was, they, I feel like doing the online stuff was so much talking that it's yeah. <laughs> like, you would never learn this much on a normal schedule. You know, when you're at the field, you, you don't talk this much. You know what I mean? It's hard to talk as much as we're talking and really digging deep in everything because we have, we can't do anything else. So we'd yeah. go into hitting, we talk about hitting for an hour, every week, hour, hour and a half on our hitter zoom, going over mechanics, going over approaches, talking about stuff, watching video. You don't do that whenever you're at the field every day. You show up, everyone warms up, you do team defense, you know, everyone splits up, pitches are over here, we hit BP, maybe we run some inner squad, clean the field up, you know, like you, there's not talk, talk for 10, 15 minutes about tomorrow, what we have coming up, you, you know, some classroom stuff you can mix in if you want, but man, you, you can't go like that. We went four months, all we could do is get on here and talk about baseball. Yeah. So I said, so I said, it's like, man, there's, there, you know, a lot of people, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that suck about being stuck on here, but we, you know, we, these kids learn, I was like, man, I think you guys learn more than I learned in four years of college in two weeks. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, it know, goes back yeah. to what we were saying earlier, like growing up, it was a game of checkers, but as you go on, it's a game of chess. And I think that's, you're getting that mental game a little more when you're just talking about it and not doing yeah. physical. Yeah. hundred percent. And I hear it all the time. My Pat would say it, Pat, my Pat Regney all the time would say the mental stuff. Get, you got to make sure you're mental that and i'm like dude i'm batting 510 with 20 home runs in high school and then i'm, <laughs> I'm killing over here and i'm on this all-star team i was like i think my mental shit is all right and, <laughs> yeah and, and then what yeah when you get to that higher level you're like yeah now i see what all these people are talking about <laughs> yep <laughs> absolutely now let's talk about your charity the sd project what was the inspiration for that and why like why did you start it um just but when i would come home in the winters when i was playing um, I would live in my parents' basement because I, I would always leave every, I would say every four months. So I never could get a place. Um, and I would just be getting ready for my next baseball season. So I would teach at a couple baseball facilities in, uh, back home, one in New Brighton, one kind of like near the Ohio border, a couple guys I knew, and they let me do lessons out of their facilities. And man, did they save me because that's, that was survival. <laughs> I got yeah. I was busy in those I, I, yeah, I was busy in those places. It was great. And I would teach all ages, hitting lessons, camps, clinics, weight, you know, strength training. Just, I was able to go nuts in those. I had a key, just make my own schedule. It was amazing. And then whenever I needed to work out, I do my own thing. So yeah, it was the perfect setup. And um, so in Beaver County, just low income area, you know, um, we get tons of kids that just couldn't afford a lot of it or stop coming or didn't have equipment or would ask me for help or we need discounts or um, we don't, we, we can't keep coming and this, that, and the other. 
So I saw it way too much. And I think when I was, at, when I first started seeing that stuff, I was like, I would, I, it, it like popped into my head, but I didn't do anything yet. Mm-hmm. I, I, it just wasn't, yeah, I was like, it'd be cool to have something where I can help these kids or something. Like I kind of have that side to me, you know, like I, I like to help kids that are like the underdog that struggle. Like I have that in me um, to help those people. And I saw it too much. And whenever I think I started to get towards the end of my baseball run, some situation was just like a pretty severe, something with a kid that had a disease and he needed to stay active or he started to get sore and they didn't have money to stay in. I'm like, dude, keep them in here. I was like, trust me, you're 20 bucks a, a, a week or some shit, you know, that's nothing for what this is. So yeah, um, that really is what kicked me in the ass to, to do something. And, um, I, I made a GoFundMe that said like, we, if I'm going to raise money. I just gave it a name. I call it I, the SD project. Like I was, I never thought it would be what it is. <laughs> I just, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, that'll work for now, you know? And, um, and I put it up on GoFundMe and said it would be for like boy, girl, any sport, anything in Beaver County. If somebody is struggling and they need to stay involved, you know, if they don't have equipment or they can't pay for what they're doing, th- this money would be used for that. And I had no idea what I was doing. I just wanted to help this family. And then I was like, and maybe if it raises some more money, then maybe I can do a couple more things, you know? And um, <laughs> five years later, uh, we've been to like seven different countries and helped like 2,000 or more people in the United States. And we travel wherever and uh, people reach out to us now. Like I, you know, I used to search for it. I used to look for kids that needed help in our area. And now it's just like all state, all over the state, all over the country, people, you know, all my sports people know that I do it. So, and they all are involved with sports. So like a month goes by, there's always something or other that someone will reach out to me and be like, Hey, we got this family. Hey, we got this kid. And it could be anywhere in the country. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And we kind of always keep some money stocked up. So when something pops up, we're usually able to help. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So like what intrigued me the most when I, when I looked into it a little more was the fact that you guys have been to several different countries to do this. And it's like, that's something I never would have thought to do, you know, yeah. being a guy from Beaver County, it's like, I want to help the people that are growing up in my area, but yeah. to take it that step even further, so much further to help people that you probably don't have any connection with other than baseball. That's yeah. tremendous. Yeah, it was, um, man, I'll tell you what, it's funny. We're talking about this. My friend that goes with me on these trips just sent me a bunch of pictures from when we went to Africa. I think he opened up like his old computer, (laughs) but, um, man, those trips will do something to you. The, the, you see how the area we went to this orphanage in the middle of, uh, honestly, it was like almost going to like a tribe, like a tribe of people with nothing, with no, uh, no running water and no showers, nowhere to go to the bathroom and uh, they kill like a goat in the morning and that's what you eat for the next week. And, uh, um, man, it was, it was something sleep on the floor. No, no air conditioner, no lights. It was, we really, we, we, you know, and that's kind of what we wanted to do. We wanted to take, we took soccer equipment to a orphanage in Zimbabwe, Africa. Um, we just started doing some research and, and man, just how, whatever we found and whoever we started reaching out to just no rhyme or reason of, of who we picked and what, you know, we were just like, let's find an area that's, that has nothing and let's go take them a bunch of awesome stuff. You know, like yeah. that was really the idea behind it. And it ended, it was awesome. It was so cool. I have a big video on it on my website and stuff. And um, 
But I'll tell you what, I was there for a week and I about couldn't make it. And these people live there every day. Yeah, they live there. They're 80, <laughs> they're 80 their years life. old. 80, 90 year old people walking around. And I, one week I was about, I, I literally almost couldn't hang anymore. One week. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, when you come back home, man, it's just like. Kind of I puts feel, everything in perspective. I feel terrible. I'm like, when you go to the store and it's just, I like, I felt bad going into a store. It was like the fruit is picked and washed and sitting there for you. The meat is cut and wrapped up and there's seasoning for it. And there's everything and bought and it's all just here you just walk in and throw it on your cart and go home and then you cook it on your fire stove and then whenever your dishes are done you put them in here so you don't have to clean them and then you go drink your fridge full of water and it was just it you know the bathroom hot water with the turn of a knob hot water um car car with air conditioning and it was just every every single little thing i looked at differently when i came home from that trip every little tiny detail it it really changed me a little bit so when bad stuff happens or like i complain i literally like yell at myself out loud i'm like oh my god will you shut up like because i've seen i've seen some shit doing this stuff and i consider myself you know i do work hard and i'm a good person and you know i do my thing and you know i i you know i don't feel like i'm lucky because of what i have but I, I still feel that way a little bit, you know, where it's just like the way my family, the way I grew up, where I'm at, whatever stars align, I feel I'm half grateful and lucky to be, you know, what my, my position. So I try to take full advantage of it. I'm like, instead of sitting here and being good, like I should be helping people. I should be doing stuff because I am such, I have such, a, had such a good life. I have such a good life and I'm grateful for that, but I don't want to be complacent and just accept it and be like, yeah, great. Things are great. It's like, I want to, I, I should be working my ass off to help other people because I'm so lucky for what I have. And I didn't really think like that till you get a little bit older. When you're younger, yeah. you're like, you're in that big tornado of your twenties. You don't know what the hell is going on. It's hard <laughs> to help other people when you can barely even get your shit together yourself. So now that I'm, you know, I'm kind of my things are coming together and I'm a little bit more comfier with what I'm doing things like that. I do. I, I definitely like to help people. I, it just feels it feels like that's what I should be doing because I did have I, I have a good life. I had a good life, you know. So yeah, um, that's kind of how I feel about that stuff. Yeah. Now I want to talk more specifically about the whole the whole way I found you. Actually, I, I saw a tweet recently about your initiative for Aliquippa, PA. Yeah. In our, like in our neck of the woods. And I was like, wow, that's that's pretty awesome. And I, I remember like growing up. I had one friend from Aliquippa who he, he played on the baseball team for high school. And he was like, yeah, sometimes we just didn't have a team. Sometimes like nobody wanted to play. <laughs> and I was like, really? Like, yeah. you think about it, like, as a, like, as a teenager, you're like, really no baseball, but it's like some places it's like, it's just not appealing or you just don't have the facilities. Like I think Aliquippa, he told me about Aliquippa's field and how terrible it was. He's like, yeah, like we barely played home games. And I was like, wow, yeah, they, like you don't think about it that much. They're football, football, basketball. They're always, <laughs> always awesome. And baseball just, yeah, I don't know why. Just never, um, they're just not a big thing for Aliquip. I don't know if it has to do with their facilities or having trouble getting coaching or just kids going out for baseball. And, um, but I think a good start is fixing fields that might make it a little bit more appealing, you know, Absolutely. something like that. So, um, but I, anything 
Beaver County, everybody loves in Beaver County, people just love to help, you know, any, anything that has to do with athletes that are struggling financially. Beaver County is a close little town. Like it, like I've seen a lot of cool things happen there and, 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 you know, they do help. They, it is a cool little place. I feel like it's a close knit, um, you know, our, our, our parents all still live there. There's all, you know, there's, there's, I don't, I don't know if you call it tradition, but like, um, it just feels like my town always has my back. You know yeah. what I mean? And I, and I do feel like you're in Beaver County, you grew up and you're a good person and all the people that still live there, your little community. I do feel like, um, Beaver County does stuff like that. You know, they, they help each other out from the same communities and Beaver, you know, um, I've seen things like that. So that, I mean, that maybe some people think differently, but for me, Beaver County has had my back people. I know from all those different towns many, many times. So, um, anything that I, any chance I can to, to go try to do something there. Um, I definitely am, am, I'm in, you know, I, I love to try to help the area that I'm from. Yeah, absolutely. So let, getting to the roots of this project in Aliquippa, is that your big plan is to kind of help the facilities, like try and give them a better field than what they have or whatever? Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of what right now I still have to meet up with them to see exactly what they want to do. But what I basically bring to the table is when I just put that up there, um, my goodness, there's like 50 people on board. You know what I mean? That yeah. have companies and truck companies and weed whacker and mowers and paint and wood. And so that's so kind of what I told them. I was like, I think if I put this up, I think a lot of people will get behind this one because Beaver County people, I think, will jump on board with this one heavy. And that's exactly what happened. So many people got a hold of me. So basically what I have, the next step is I have to see, there's three fields up there and I just see what they want to do and what's possible, what, yeah. what is reasonable, what's possible. And then you can go the next step where you can be like, well, we need this infield and this is how much it's going to cost. So now we get, we need donations. Every, you know, everybody that can help this is the number we have to get to. And, uh, you know, or if we need these trucks or we need this. So the next step is like really detailed stuff or how, what we need to really get it rolling. But the first step was just getting it out there to as many people as possible, having people message me and letting me know who can do what. So I have a big list of everybody that who's who, who's capable, what they can do. So when I talk to them, then I can start like allotting what jobs can get done here, what we yeah. have or so. So it's, we're just going to make a run at it. That's how I do most of my stuff. Just dive in and ask questions later. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome, though. And I think, like, we talk about how, like, the field probably isn't in great shape. And it's like us, like, we were probably fortunate that our parents cared so much about, like, the fields and everything. And now I, I go through Vanport where I played baseball. Like, I'll drive through there. It's like nobody's touched the fields in yeah. forever. And it's like what where did that go you know because it's yeah. like you don't realize that it's more than just taking care of the field in the summertime oh my where gosh you, like if art. you're gonna keep up you're gonna keep a baseball field nice it's, i mean it could be every day yeah Honestly. that's the thing is we, we like my generator my like age group of kids our parents it was like if they wanted to get out of the house they'd go down to the fields and cut the grass or do whatever yeah and it's like some somewhere down the line that just it the, it went away it's, it's yeah. kind of upsetting to see in your own backyard um but it's awesome to have an organization like yours uh, come into a, a community and be like hey let's get this back on track 
Yeah. I think there's more places than just Aliquippa that need that back in Beaver County. Yeah. Oh yeah. Start. You can, you can go all day in Beaver County. You drive around and football fields and just basketball areas yeah. and Rochester, Beaver, you know, New Brighton, Freedom, Aliquippa. Um, uh, what am I missing? Um, but re- you know what I mean? Manaka, downtown Manaka, you know, there's just a lot of areas that just are, you know, not, not the most beautiful area in the world, you know? So, yeah. and, um, you know, if you grew up there, you know, you know, you know what some of these, some of these areas are like, you know? So I think the help is endless. It's just finding it and trying to make it work. You know, it's, it, it's, it'd be much better if it'd be a lot easier if there were big companies that would, that could come in and, you know, you, they're big projects, like to make a yeah. field really nice, you need, you need big companies putting, putting in a big chunk for you or, or really helping out. These things are hard to do when it's just people like us all trying to scrap it out together and make it work. You know what I mean? Like it's sometimes you need a, a company or two to make a big donation or, you know what I mean? Or really help out. And that's, that's easier said than done. You know, I've went that route with a few things and a lot of times it's hard to get big help like that. Yeah, for sure. And I think with a place like Beaver County, it's like, you don't, we've kind of talked about, it, you don't really kind of need that because it's such a close knit area that everybody wants to get in on it yeah. anyway. So, so that's, we'll that's a, what's awesome gonna, about yeah. doing it in that area. We're going to make a run at it. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yep, absolutely. So Sam, thank you for coming on the podcast. It was an awesome conversation getting to know you and getting to know uh, your, your project and your, your charity. Um, everybody, please, if if you can, if you can donate, go to the sdproject.com, check it out, see what they're all about. Um, you already know it, what Sam's all about. He's a pretty cool dude. So if you could just help him and his guys out and help uh, all these kids who they, they deserve to have a chance to play baseball and they deserve to have, have it as good as we did whenever we were playing. I think that's kind of what we're, what we want here. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. To- be able to yes. give these kids a place to play and the uh, the equipment to do so. So please go donate. I'll have the link in the description. So people Sam, can even you. make people can even make equipment donations. You know, yeah. we're 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 doing that as well. So yeah, if they want to, you know, you can visit the website. You can find me on social media. Send me a message. Well, there's all kind of ways to reach out. So yeah, absolutely. I actually I was talking to um, the guys at PodHub, uh, Anthony Donardo. He said that he donated a. a crap ton of stuff to you one time he oh, just yeah. found it at it, like marshall's or something he's like well i don't need yeah. it but i'm gonna buy it <laughs> yeah my they uh denard my i have a cousin from alcopa denardo yeah yeah um yeah cousins so i have, I have a cousin that grew up in alcopa too i you know people that i grew up with in alcopa and same thing a lot of them reached out too you know that were like this is awesome let me know so there's tons of help it's just really getting it all together yeah absolutely yeah. Well, thank you for coming on, Sam, and have a good one, man. All right, man. Appreciate it.
Now extended through January 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for zero enrollment and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, mister, I'm so stressed I grind my teeth more than most people grind coffee. Especially you. Give your anxiety-clenched jaw a rest. My molars will be so happy. Start feeling fantacular today. Join in-club or at planetfitness.com. Zero enrollment, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Deal ends January 14th, C-Club for details. Now extended through January 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for zero enrollment and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, mister, I'm so stressed I grind my teeth more than most people grind coffee. Especially you. Give your anxiety-clenched jaw a rest. My molars will be so happy. Start feeling spectacular today. Join in-club or at planetfitness.com. Zero enrollment, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Deal ends January 14th, C-Club for details.